This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. I say praise the Lord. Amen. I'll I tell you what, this, this life we live is governed by the spiritual world. You know, I just, one of my greatest desires as a pastor is when people get the revelation that the spiritual always determines the natural, good or bad. Heaven's real. Heaven's real. And if heaven's real, then the other place the Bible teaches about must be real too. It's called hell. <laughs> Amen. And then also, then the time factor that God talks about must be real too. It's called eternity. That means forever and ever and ever and ever. It's eternity. And people, based upon what they do, this side, this side of eternity determines where they're going to spend it at. And, you know, as, as a pastor, my number one thing is I want to be able to demonstrate the life of a Christian. And I want to be able to teach the Word of God to where people will understand what it takes to get to heaven. And then also, number two, I want to be able to teach people how to enjoy as much as heaven as they can while on earth. Jesus said, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Up in heaven, there's not misery. Up in heaven, there's not sickness. There's not poverty. There's not racial wars. There's not political wars. Up in heaven, everybody get along. And the reason they get along in heaven is because, number one, there's no devil in heaven. He's behind your trouble. And then the twin that walks with the devil, really, whether you realize it or not, is you. Your flesh. And when we as Christians learn that on the inside of us is the real person. But we have to express ourselves through our mind, will, and emotions. Through our earth suit, we have to express ourselves. And the more that we feed the real person on the inside with spiritual things, the Word of God, give place to the Holy Spirit in us to be able to control this outward man, and be able to recognize the fights and the wars, the things going on, is Satan's strategies to divide and conquer mankind, then we're going to start winning in life. We start recognizing those things. And uh, let's see, number one, does, it, does anybody need an outline? I want to make sure we take care of that first. Right here in the middle, got one up here. Need an outline, get an outline. We're going to be continuing off what we were last week. But before we get to that, now we're going to be looking at some of the things in the, in the Bible today, about hearing the voice of Jesus, being led by the Spirit of God, I'm, I'm reminded as we're in praise and worship, in a congregation like this, it's like a one-room schoolhouse. Anybody ever heard of a one-room schoolhouse? Well, my wife actually went to one of those. Back in Maine, when she was a girl, they had the first through the eighth grade all in one little building. And they didn't even have plumbing. They had a little outhouse in back where the kids all had to go to the bathroom. She went to a one-room schoolhouse. And so a teacher in a one-room schoolhouse has to be able to teach things basic to get started in life to first graders, second graders, the little levels, start teaching them how to say their ABCs, et cetera, et cetera. Then you get eighth-grade kids. Man, they're a whole lot more mature. They get ready to go into high school and start stepping into a different realm of life. You have to be able to feed them all. Well, in a church service like this, especially on a Sunday morning, I've got people in here today that may be not even to kindergarten yet because they're not born again. 
And when you get born again, you've asked Jesus into your heart. And on the inside, you come alive to God to where you're able to start sensing there's something else besides what you see. The Holy Spirit begins to minister to your heart. And that's the first basic level of Christianity stepping in. And then also, I've got people here that have been to Bible school. Some of them are going through SMTI Bible school right now. Been born again for 30 years, 40 years like that. Well, they're like way up here college graduates and things like that. So when you, when you minister the Word of God, when you teach the Word of God on a Sunday morning, through the gift of the Holy Spirit, I'm able to talk to kindergartners. But at the same time, I'm able to say something to college people. I'm talking about spiritual level, that is. Say things like that. And so some things that you hear today, if you've been around for a while, you think, wow, I already know that. Well, that's good that you know that. But then at the same time, there's people that don't know that. And they need to know these things we're going to talk about. But where you are, whatever your level of faith is right now, if you're open to the teacher of the church, which is the Holy Ghost, and when you got a speaker that's anointed of God to talk to people, well, the Holy Ghost knows who you are. He knows what he needs to say to you. And if you get one nugget out of this, that's something going to change your life. And that's what I believe for the times we live in. I'm almost 66 years old. I've been a born-again Christian for over 37 years. And I have never, ever, 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 ever seen the earth like it is today. I've never seen the United States of America like it is today. It wasn't always like it is today. But God wants to get America back to being a different nation again, where we're one nation under God again. Under one God again. The Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He wants to get us back to our roots. And that starts with people like me and you that are Christian people that go to Christian churches. Because when we pray to our God... Our God answers our prayers. And then we also need to go a step further. We had, By the way, we had an awesome men's meeting yesterday. If any of you men uh, don't come to men's meetings or you haven't been able to come lately, get back into the men's meetings. Come to men's meetings. Had some good testimonies yesterday of some of the men on their jobs witnessing to sinners. And God's drawn sinner men to Christian men. And there's a boldness there because right now the world is in so much crisis and turmoil People are looking for answers. And when you come to a church like this and you get strength and you get answers, that God's going to draw sinners to you like metal to a magnet. They're going to be drawn to you because you're not all depressed and messed up and woe is me like they are. And as a matter of fact, Peter said it this way in one of his Gospels. He said, be ready always to give an answer for the hope that's in you. And so I believe today you're going to get some answers you need to know how to live a victorious Christian life for the times we live in. You know, I, I'm thinking again about where we are. And a, and a pastor, you know, maybe you don't know this, Doc. There's a whole lot more to being a pastor than a guy you come and see once a week or a couple times a month on a Sunday morning for an hour or two. A pastor is a 24-7 deal that lives, lives with people, deals with people, and helps people every day of the week. People have crisis, and we're on duty all the time to help people all the time. But I, I was thinking... The Lord gave this to me last Sunday, and I, I want to say it again. It's like the fish story. You've heard the story, you give a man a fish, and you fed him for the day. <clears throat> you teach him how to fish, and he'll never go hungry again because he knows how to catch him himself. Well, that's kind of like what a pastorate is. One of my greatest things I could ever do is teach you how to hear the voice of Jesus. Teach you that I'll be led by the Spirit of God. 
You come in, you come in for a Sunday fix sometimes. I think that's what happens sometimes. People come in, they get fixed for a while, then they're out again until they lose again. Then they come back in and they come up to a prayer line and they almost look to the altar line like a magic wand. Come up here, the pastor going to pray for us. Somebody's going to bless us and pray for us, get the devil off our back. And you'll get us a healing, whatever we need. Then we go back out there and get all messed up again, come back in a few weeks, get another blessing like that. Well, what I want to do is teach you how to be the one that knows how to get the blessing out there where you are. As somebody come to you, you may not be a preacher or pastor, but then people see you out there and you say, let me pray for you. And then you lay hands on them or you pray for them. And the tangible power of God is manifested right out there on the job. Right out there in the Walmart store where we have meetings sometimes, huh? <laughs> How many here have their meetings at Walmart sometimes have your little fellowships there? You can't hardly help them. That's where people gather to fellowship, it seems. But anyway, the power of God shows up. So today, as we look at these things, I want you to listen closely. I want you to be able to know how to fish yourself so somebody doesn't have to all the time be praying for you. So you can get answers from God and you won't be confused about what's going on in life. That's what we want to accomplish. Show you a couple books. Now the bookstore will help you with that. This is called How You Can, How you can Be Led by the Spirit of God. How you can be led by the Spirit of God. And we're going to talk about some of that today. Lots of things. I learned a lot of that stuff out of this book. As a matter of fact, out of teachings that Brother Hagin has in this book. How you can be led by the Spirit of God. That's the will of God. God wants you to know in your heart who you're supposed to marry. God wants you to know in your heart where you're supposed to work at. What to do about your health care. Where you're supposed to live at. Where you're supposed to go to church at. God is smart enough that if he created the universe, and Jesus said he knows the number of every hair on your head, don't you think God knows who you're supposed to marry? Don't you think God already knows how many children he wants you to have? Where you're supposed to go to church at, who your pastor's supposed to be? Where you're supposed to work at? What city you're supposed to live in? Et cetera, et cetera. And I, I, t- I tell you, there's so many problems in life that can be avoided for Christians if they will do what we're going to teach you to do today for the Word of God to help you stop a lot of crises. You're always going to have trouble on the earth because as long as you're on the earth, you're going to deal with the devil. But when you find out he's defeated already, you just have to force his defeat. That makes him easier to handle. And then every time you look in the mirror, you see your second enemy, you. And, and, then you, and then you finally start to learn, if I can just get me to shut up and get out of the way, then I can start winning more. Then you're going to win. We want to teach you those things. And then here's another one. This is Brother Copeland's book, uh, The Laws of Prosperity. The Laws of Prosperity. Praise God, I know we've got 25 people or more signed up for this FPU class this round. Just finished one a couple weeks ago, a class. Got a new series starting this, this week. It starts next week. This week starts on Wednesday. Uh, so nobody else can get in now, right? 20, your, your limit. Well, you say my bill fits you in. But anyway, the laws of prosperity, if there's ever a time you need to know what God says and what your part is about money. And by the way, that, that's not a Bible class. The teacher does talk about spiritual things. But it's mainly, it's, it's, it's a natural class, how to do things naturally, how to pay bills, how to have a budget, how to save money. Etc. Etc. But I'll tell you what, that, that, that series really, really does work. It's changed a lot of people's lives. So anyway, that starts Wednesday. They go online to the Dave Ramsey thing, saw it up there. And if you think you want to sign up, sign up for it there. 
sign-up sheet back there, too. And you can come and check out the first one for free, he said. So if you come there and think, man, I really want in on this for more, then come to it for free. If they think, I don't want to do that. I want, to, I want to stay in bondage all the time for credit cards and money. I want to keep on refinancing. I want to cry every week when my paycheck's going before I get it. If you want to keep living that way, just go ahead. <laughs> Somebody said, you're mean. No, some of you got trouble. You need help. <laughs> and we want to help you, amen. All right. So we're talking about how you can know the voice of Jesus. And uh, our theme verse, it's on your bulletin, and we have it on about everything put out this year. Every year we have a verse that we try to uh, really amplify for the year for people to live around and look at. But our theme verse for the year is Jeremiah 29, 11. I like it out of the New International Version. It says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. And, you know, some people said, well, I didn't know he had a plan. Did anybody remember that commercial on TV about that this insurance company was out two or three years ago where they had these, these guys standing there, one guy standing there all in mud and yuck and raining all over him like that, another guy over here protected and from the rain and everything coming down like that, and talked about a plan. He said, do I look like I have a plan? <laughs> he's, get, he's getting all rained on and bad things happen. He wasn't ready for what was coming because he didn't have a plan. Well, God says, I've got a plan. says, I've got a customized, tailored plan for you. It's not a one-size-fits-all. I've got a plan for your life, God said. And so we need to know that. He says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Plans to give you hope and a future. So I can say this, if you're here today and you're very, very, very uncertain about your future, things look impossible right now, then praise the Lord, hallelujah, you're at the right place at the right time to get hope. You're at the place, right place at the right time to get help from God to turn your situation around. And you know, somebody said, well, I don't know if mine can be turned around. That's why God led you here today. Because if you could have turned it around, you would have had it turned around. You obviously couldn't turn it around, so you're here. And so our God, that created everything you see. And, you know, we'll take it down to the kindergarten level. When I was raising my kids when they were little, I say the same thing to my grandkids. We're riding down the street. I said, look at that tree. Who made that tree? God made that tree. Look up the sky. I said, who made the sun? God made the sun. And we look around at everything and say, God made this. Then who made you? God made me. Well, if God's the one that did all that, can't God straighten your life up to where it could be back where it's supposed to be at? Amen. And so if you just have an open heart, an open heart, if you just in your heart, you say, Jesus, I know that I'm a loser and I've been losing, 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 but I know that you're great. You're awesome. And, Lord, I know that if you made me the first time around, and if your son died for my sins, and you raised him back from the dead, and because I believe heaven's real and that you're real, that I know, Lord, I've given my life to you. And, Lord, I've given it to you, and I'm asking you to turn my life around, Lord. If you get me out of this impossible situation, then, Lord, I'm going to live for you. And when you say something like that, mean it and do that. Somebody give the Lord a hand. He wants to change your life today.
And so, and so I'm, not, I'm just going to just a very brief review so I can get some new things today. We'll get to your fill in the blanks in a minute because I know last week some people had some questions about uh, what's the rest of those. And some of you today that may not have been here last week, you didn't know what they are. But uh, one of the keys to God's plan and purpose for your life is to know how to hear the voice of Jesus. Is to know how when God is speaking to your heart. And a couple of verses I want you to write down that wasn't on the outline, wasn't in the notes, but the Lord had me put them in last week. That's what I give them to you. We're not going to turn to them for time's sake. But you need to know these because they're in context of what we're teaching today. In Psalms 103, verse 20, write that verse down. Psalms 103, verse 20, it says, God's angels excel in strength and they hearken to the voice of his word. They hearken to the voice of his word. And what that means is this. When angels hear the word of God spoken by a believer, how many here is a believer? It says the angels respond to the voice of God's word. And so when angels hear the word of God spoken, they respond as if it were God speaking. Because it really is. God spoke his words, and men wrote them down in the Bible. And so when we speak God's words, we're reading from God's letters. God's the one who wrote the letters. And so when you need answers, you need to treat the Bible as if Jesus is speaking, because he really is. Angels respond that way. And, you know, I, I've been training believers for years because the Bible says that angels respond to the voice of the word. You need to get your words in line with what the Bible says. Because every time you start talking the negative stuff, how it won't work, losing, never get any better, the angels just kind of go, I don't recognize that voice. That's not the word talking. I can't do anything to help them because they just told me I couldn't. But when you say, if God be for me, who can be against me? The angels jump up and say, okay, man, they're talking our language now. That's the word of God talking. When they say, a thousand may fall at my left hand, ten thousand my right hand, not come nigh me. Angels say, I recognize that. That's Psalms 91. I can help these people because they're speaking what my word says. Amen. That's what they say. And so, you know, an example about how powerful the word of God is. How many believe that the word of God is the word of God? That God spoke to men's hearts. They wrote down what God said to write down for mankind. Well, our son Joe, most people here know who Joe is. He's a Marine. And he's in basic training down at San Diego last year for a long time. We couldn't talk to Joe by the telephone because they took all their cell phones. And so the only, only way we could communicate was we wrote letters. And his faithful mama was up every day writing letters early in the morning time. And she asked me if I wanted to say anything. Well, I did for the first couple of weeks. But I didn't have much to say after the first couple of weeks. I already said everything I needed to say. But she kept on writing, man, every day, every day, every day. And then every once in a while, Joe would write one back. And so when mom got those letters, the few that Joe sent back, that was like Joe was standing in our kitchen talking to us. We'd open those letters up and we could almost hear his voice because that was the heart of Joe talking to us. And we took that as if Joe were standing there talking to us. And the words that we sent to Joe down there, Joe said the same thing. He says, like you were here, Dad, like you were here, Mom, because he recognized our voice through the words. This Bible is God's words. This Bible is Jesus talking to us. And so if we want to know the voice of Jesus, we're going to have to recognize this is Jesus talking to us through these words. And then we need to start acting like this is really Jesus. 
uh, Joe, I think about some of Joe's stuff he said. Mom, when I get home, I want roast beef, mashed potatoes, homemade rolls, two apple pies, and all the stuff he said. So guess what mom did? <laughs> we get the roast beef, the two bowls of mashed potatoes, two apple pies, homemade rolls, and all that kind of stuff there because she responded to the voice of her son that was written down. Amen. You get the picture of what I'm saying? We need to treat these words as if it's Jesus talking to us, because he really is. And in Proverbs 6, verse 22, you can write that verse down. Proverbs 6, verse 22, actually through about verse 20 through 22, something like that. But verse 22 said that when you begin to take the Word of God seriously, when you write it down, when you listen to it, when you think about it, says, when you go to sleep, that's what the proverb says. It says, when you go to sleep, the Word of God will talk to you. It says, when you're walking in the daytime, the Word of God will talk to you and follow you. And then it says that the Word of God will lead you. That's what Proverbs chapter 6 says. And so I'm talking to Christians right now as a pastor. I want to teach you how to catch your own fish. I want to teach you how you don't have to come to me to find out what God wants to say to you. I want to teach you that you don't have to turn to the TV or radio or Internet preacher to find out direction for your life about what's going on in your life. Because he says right here that when you take his word seriously, when you write it down, and today, that to me, that's so easy to do. I mean, the iPhone stuff, man. All the Bible apps there are. And, you know, like I, I think I said this last week. I don't know all that stuff, all this fancy stuff my iPhone. I, I probably don't know 10% of what my iPhone, iPhone does. I've had an iPhone for three or four years now. Before that, I had a Droid and Blackberry give up on all those. So I graduated iPhone. Anyway, on the iPhone, a trick one of my sons taught me within the last year was you push the two buttons, you snap a picture of stuff. So, man, that's a shortcut I use for everything I do now, man. I don't try to dig it all up. I, if I get blessed enough to find it the first time, I just take the picture of it then. <laughs> And so what I do then, I go through my photo file, and I find passages, and I find nuggets, and I find things like that. All I have to do is go to photos. It pull right up, and I see it again. And to me, what that is, that's taking the Word of God and writing it down and making it easy to see, to get a hold of. And then he said that that Word will lead you. That Word will talk to you while you're sleeping. I'll tell you what, I would a whole lot rather at nighttime when I'm facing crisis have the Word of God come to my mind instead of my goofy thoughts. Instead of laying there tossing and turning and wondering what to do, to have Scripture start coming to me and think, wow, that's right. That's right. That's what I do. And I'm talking to you about how you yourself can know the voice of Jesus. That's the greatest, that, I think that's the, probably the greatest thing I can do for a Christian, other than getting them born again so they're not lost but they're saved now is to teach them how to hear the voice of Jesus no matter where they are in the world. If Internet's shut down, if Bibles are taken away, you've already got it in your heart. And then from your heart, it begins to talk to you about what to do, how to pray, who to turn to in Christ's life. So that's a couple of things that we saw last week. So you can see those other verses we have written down there, John chapter 2, etc. But for free, you're filling the blank, this first one. You can turn your life around if you listen to the voice of Jesus. 
and obey what he tells you to do. You could turn your life around if you listen to the voice of Jesus and obey what he tells you to do. And then the the next fill in the blank that we have on here is Jesus said his words give life and speak to you. That's from John 6, 63. He said, he said, your flesh profits you nothing. But the words that he speaks said their spirit and their life. And what that means is this. Your senses only tell you what's going on in the, in the physical arena all around you. But the word of God is the voice of Jesus. And it tells you how to change what's going on around you. You know, I think so many times about, about doctors and x-rays and, and medical things and things like that. Unless it's, unless it's a Christian doctor that believes in Jesus, the healer, all they know to do is look at the outside. And you know, that's where Christians got to understand this. Doctors are not mean guys. Doctors are not anti-God guys. Doctors are schooled, educated, and they want to help you as much as divine healing preachers want to help you. So, but all they can do, unless they're, unless they're spirit-filled, word-taught Christian doctors, they can just examine you and tell you, Here's what the tests show. And see, you don't have to get mad at them. You don't have to get mean about it. They show you that. So, glory to God, we've identified that then, man. I knew I was having those problems. Now I've got a target for my faith to hit. Instead of playing around and fumbling around, now I know specifically how to pray about this part of my body to be healed. So they go about what they see. But the Word of God, Jesus said, is spirit and it's life. So you reach into the realm of the spirit and, you know, that may sound kind of strange to you, but that's how it's worked for me all my life. I reach in with the Word of God because Jesus said, Thy will be done in heaven as it is on earth. I reach into heaven with the Word, and I pull healing out. And so you've got a target then because he said his words are spirit and their life. You've got a target. You reach in then with your faith, and you pull healing out. And you pull healing out, then it begins to change what the doctor saw. The doctor saw it. But then you reached in and pulled healing out. Healing begins to work in your body. And then there comes a point in time the doctors look. And like my son, Pastor Dave, when he got healed of leukemia, three and a half years old, crippled, had leukemia, God healed him. But I remember standing there and talking to the doctor one day. Had a minister from the church I went to. I wasn't a pastor yet. I was, I was a Christian like you sitting out there on that side. And had a minister from the church came down. And we were standing there with this doctor. And this doctor kept saying, Bring me, another, bring me another paper. Bring me another paper. So they kept on bringing the lab results. And this was like two weeks into diagnosis of full-blown leukemia in my son. And finally the doctor said, I have to apologize to you, Mr. Sample. something wrong with our equipment. Said something wrong. Said we're going to have to get our equipment fixed. Well, I come to find out, because I was personal friends with one of the doctors there. As a matter of fact, he and I taught at healing school together. Come to find out that they were seeing nothing but whole blood in those tests there. And that was impossible to see. And so they had that multi-million dollar equipment, and all they could say with their head was, something's wrong here, this is not right. It's given us a false reading. No, it was given us a true reading. Because we reached into heaven, we pulled healing out, it got in his bloodstream, and God turned an impossibility into reality. It become, by Jesus' stripes he was healed, by Jesus' stripes he is healed. Amen. We got a hold of that and worked in his life. So that's what I'm saying. The words that Jesus speaks, they are life. We got those words into our heart. Did we hear an audible voice tell us those things? Never did hear it. I saw the word. 
My Jesus said, you lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. I took that personally as if Jesus walked into our room and said, hey, if you lay hands on my name, I'll heal him. Well, I saw the word of God. He said that that was all I needed. That was the voice of Jesus right there. He said, lay hands on him and I'll heal him. We did that. But we didn't stop there. James 5.14 said, call for the elders of the church. Let anoint him fall in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall heal the sick. Well, did Jesus walk into my room and say that? No, I didn't see him. But I read his letter. His letter told me, me call for elders. Elders anoint and pray. And Jesus does the healing. And so that was the voice of Jesus. He did that. And then also, I saw in Malachi chapter 3. Jesus told me, if I bring his tithe into his storehouse... He'll open the windows of heaven, pour out his blessing upon me. The blessing I needed poured out was healing on my son. He told me, I'll rebuke the devourer for your sakes. I'll be brought on my knees beside his hospital bed. With my Bible open, reading Malachi chapter 3. I looked over my son, and I said, Lord, the devourer is trying to steal my son. And Lord, you know, I faithfully bring my tithe into your storehouse every week when I get paid. And I want to thank you, Jesus that your windows are open on my son as it's healing on him. I want to thank you, Jesus, for rebuking leukemia for my sake. Hey, but you know what? He did it. But I didn't hear God's voice say anything to me, some great big booming voice. All I know is in my heart, I saw what the Bible said. I knew that was God talking to me through his words because God talked to men to write those down. They wrote down what God told them to write. And when I read that, that's the same thing as if I was the one he told to write it down because I read it, that letter that I said, wow, I got a letter from heaven. This is God talking to me. And, you know, the proof is in the pudding. There he is. Right, right here. Here he sits. Right here. Why is that? Because I was taught by my pastor back in the early 1980s how to hear the voice of Jesus. And so I heard his voice... By what he said in his word, I got a hold of that. And like the angel says, they hearken to the voice of his word, I hearken to the voice of his word. Hearken means to hear and obey. I heard it, I obeyed it. And when I heard and obeyed, God did exactly what he said he would do. Well, you heard God talk to you? I didn't hear voices. I saw what the word of God said, and my heart got it. And I did what God said. Amen. Has this helped anybody? I tell you, God does not want you confused right now. God doesn't want your families running around right now in circles looking for signs. You want a sign? It's called the Bible. Amen. What's, what's that? I don't say goofy guy. I guess I don't really know the guy. I saw a show years ago. The guy said, there's your sign. What's that guy's name? I don't know. Doesn't make any difference. Anyway, there's your sign. Right here, it's called the Bible. And so your senses only tell you. Your senses only tell you what they see. The Word of God tells you how to change what you see. Uh, look at John chapter 10. I'll, I'll just look at maybe one verse here, because this, this is review before we jump on this next part. John chapter 10. I just want to really look at verse 27. But all those verses I have down there are really good ones to help you know the voice of Jesus. John 10, verse 27 says this, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, 
and they follow me. How many are familiar enough with the Bible to know that Jesus calls Christians sheep? And he calls himself the shepherd. Well, you know, we don't really know about sheep stuff over here that much in America. We do that much. We do have them run through the desert every once in a while. We saw some big herds a few years ago. I took some video of the people shearing them. But anyway, there are sheep come through here. But, you know, over in the Middle East or in other places, they have a lot of sheep. And sheep run around wild. I mean, they're kind of scared animals. They kind of get really, man, they get hyper, jump and run and buck. But they got the shepherd, the guy with the staff and things like that, leads them around to where the grass is. And that shepherd there, if a wolf or wild dogs or something start getting the sheep mad, he got that shepherd, turns into a club, man. He can whop them and knock them out of the way, etc. He protects them. And they get around poison stuff to eat. He leads them away from that, leads them to green grass. And the Psalms 23 talks about that. Lord is my shepherd. I'll shout out one. He leadeth me to the still waters, to the green grass. Well, he says right here that my sheep, that's you, that's me, if we're born again. He said, and listen, I want to say this again, because I'm really not a religious preacher. I walk with Jesus. And walk with Jesus, I don't want to just give eloquent, fancy sermons to tell you how much I know about the Bible. I want to be able to convey how real Jesus is. And take his words literally, and not just as a good Bible thing. Jesus said this, and I myself, I choose not to ever think that Jesus told a lie. If Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice, I choose to believe he told me the truth. And so I want to say this. It's possible this morning that there may be people in here that are not hearing my voice right now. It might be because somebody drug you in. It might be you're more interested in checking your Facebook right now. You're just kind of looking down and saying, nobody knows. I think I'm looking at the Bible app. It might be, might be you got some, I just, I'm just me, some goofy game on there. Play some goofy game. You might not think it's goofy, but you're not hearing right now what God's saying to the man of God because you're not tuned into his, his same wavelength. You're not on my page right now. But you're here, but you're not hearing. That's how it is in everyday life. Jesus is always talking to his sheep. But too many times his sheep are too busy with life to stop and listen to Jesus. They don't recognize his voice. So I want to say that again from what Jesus said in this verse right here. And I choose, to, I choose to believe this is true. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. And they follow me. And they follow me. Can I tell you where Jesus is not at this afternoon, if there's an R-rated movie down there, and you're walking in there, you're not following Jesus. You got off the path. If there's a marijuana party tonight in your neighborhood, or a boozing party, unless Jesus is leading you in there as a missionary to those people, you're not following Jesus. I tell you, somebody told me marijuana smells like skunks or something like that. Man, I sat out in my front yard the other day. We got some places down the street from me there, man. I was middle after, I started smelling this stuff. It smells like a skunk back in Indiana. We had skunks out there. Man, they squirt that stuff over there. You smell the whole area like that. I said, I thought, man, there's skunks out here in the desert. And then I remembered one of my kids told me. I don't know how they'd know that, but I guess somebody told them. 
One of my kids told me, hey, if you ever smell that smell, said, that's somebody smoking marijuana. Well, I'll tell you what, Jesus is not going to lead you into that stuff, even if some other people said it's okay to do it. He's not going to lead you down that road because he said you're not supposed to defile the temple of the Holy Ghost. And so when you put stuff in your body that God didn't make to go into your body, it's going to mess with your mind and mess with your system, whether it's alcohol, dope, or anything else like that. That's not the voice of the Good Shepherd leading you to do that. He may lead you to be around people like that sometimes so you can tell them about Jesus. If you're not going there as a missionary, you're not going there blessed. Oh, boy, praise the Lord. Well, sure it's fun to be a pastor sometimes. You never know. It's almost like round and round and round he goes. Where he stops, nobody knows. You just get it. <laughs> hey, man. And so anyway, the Word of God, for you fill in the blank, is the voice of Jesus speaking to his sheep. The Word of God is the voice of Jesus speaking to his sheep. And so uh, Jesus will do miracles for you every time you obey the voice of his word. Every time you obey the voice of God's word, he'll do miracles for you. What definition of a miracle is when God intervenes in the affairs of man? Do you know it's a miracle? I was telling, I was telling my sons the other day how I learned to use my faith years and years and years ago was something simple. But we'd be back in Indiana. It might be Christmas time, and we got three or four little kids it's like way down around zero degrees and snowing and stuff like that. We get to the shopping center. It's Christmas time. And there's thousands of cars in the big shopping center. And you got all these kids and stuff to get up there because young, healthy people shouldn't mind walking anyway. But you got all these kids and stuff. You don't want to park two miles down the road. You want to get a close place. And so I learned years and years and years ago that I could pray and God would give me a good parking place. And sometimes I'd have these doubting Christians with me. And they say, well, you always have to walk. I'd never get a good place here. I say, I always get a good place here. I have favor. God always gives me a good parking place. And so I'd circle up and come up close to the front doors. And every time I could say 99 out of 100 times, somebody, when I turn that thing there, everybody's circling. Somebody backs out of a place. I say, here, come on out, come on out. (laughs) And pull right in there. You know what I call that? That's a miracle. That's God intervening in the affairs of man. And so we have to know as Christians, every time we get a prayer answered, every time we pray to the Father in the name of Jesus, and God does something, whether we consider it minor or major, that's a miracle. Because that's God from the spiritual realm manifesting in our natural world and change something to make our life better. Amen. You getting that? Amen. See, we, we, we too many times overlook the things God's done. I want you to look at 1 Kings chapter 19. We're talking about hearing the voice of Jesus. First, First Kings chapter 19, and you know the chapter 17, 18, 19 are really good ones about this prophet Elijah that God really used in a big way. To do a lot of things. But anyway, he had this woman. Do anybody have heard the expression Jezebel spirit? Jezebel? This was the first Jezebel. This lady was, was Jezebel is where that comes from. She was a very, very mean queen that killed people, put people in prison, did a lot of bad things. And this great prophet of God who did great miracles of God, this woman, or this was a demon spirit, told him, I'm going to kill you. And this guy had just been praying and asked God to send fire down from heaven 
and God said, fire down from heaven, destroyed a bunch of stuff, and a lot of stuff happened. This guy had that much influence with God, and then one dingy woman says, I don't like what you did, I'm going to kill you. And so the guy let fear get on him. He got afraid. And you know, some of you, this applies to some of you, some of you have seen God do great things through you, and one little demon spirit through one person threatens you. And you go whimpering and crying and whining about what am I going to do? You get one bad report. You've seen God do miracles in your family. You've seen God do miracles on your job when you prayed in the name of Jesus. And one little demon spirit comes and threatens you. And you get all intimidated and fearful. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Well, that's where this man was. And he's crying out to God about how mean people are. About how hopeless things work. I want you to look at this then. How God responded to him. Look at verse 11. It says, this Lord talked to him. He said, go forth to stand upon the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by at a great and strong wind toward the mountains. And breaking pieces of the rocks before the Lord. Boy, that's pretty spectacular, isn't it? Can you imagine something like that? We had some winds here, but I never saw these mountains get broke up. Amen. Uh, some people get blessed with some new roofs. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. A still, small voice. Too many Christians are looking for the spectacular, and they miss the supernatural. Looking for the spectacular, and they miss the supernatural. The Lord wanted Elijah to know it's when you obey the still, small voice in your heart that God can do miracles in your life. Would you obey the still, small voice? People are looking for all kinds of spectacular events to happen. But most of the time, that knowing that you know in your heart what to do is the voice of Jesus. Is the voice of Jesus. That's pretty supernatural in itself, don't you think? Hear Jesus speak quietly and softly to your heart. Jesus speaks to your heart. Tells you to call that number again. Tells you to resubmit that application. Tells you to go back tell the doctor to check that again. Tells you to call that creditor again one more time, try to make a deal. You hear in your heart say, wow, that is pretty spectacular. That is pretty supernatural. When God puts in your heart what to do and you do it, that's the still small voice. That's when God talks to you. And you know the thing about that, you've got to get quiet to hear him. It might be pretty smart sometimes to shut off your iPhone for a couple minutes. To get away from the computer. To shut the music down. To go someplace quiet. To go someplace quiet. And just open your Bible to your favorite passage. And just say, Father, I'm your sheep. You know, and I know what's going on. But Lord, you know the answer, and I don't. And I just want to get quiet before you. And don't look for a feather come floating down from heaven. <laughs> don't look for gold dust to appear. Don't wait for a goosebump. I like what I had, what a Bible school teacher told us years and years ago, back in about 19, 
83, when I was going to Bible school, had this class on prayer, and he's teaching the same type of things I teach. He's a Word of Faith Bible teacher. And he, said, he made this statement, so I stuck with me because of how, how, how goofy people are about things. He said, if you've got to have goosebumps come on your neck, know that your prayers have been answered, so I'll get you a block of ice. said, every time you pray, sit there on a block of ice. Now, you ought to just add this. Get a fan to blow on you, too, while you're doing it, man. Let that fan blow those chills down your neck. You don't need goosebumps. You don't need these outward signs that something happened. That's what he told Elijah. He said, hey, man, don't watch for the earthquakes. Don't watch for, don't watch for the mountains to get shook. He said, listen on the inside. He said, that still small voice, that still small voice is how I'm going to talk to you in your heart. You just know that you know the Word of God says, Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed out, shaken together, run over. Lord, I don't have much. Who can I bless today? I've got a great need. Who can I bless today because I heard your voice? Give, and it shall be given. I'm not talking about giving offer to the preacher to the church, unless God tells you. I'm talking about, you said, who can I bless today? You might have a dollar left. And God says, you remember that person down there that you thought was, was one of the scammers? He's not really a scammer. That's the first time that man's ever stood in front of that store. He come out there because he's hurting and he needs that money to take care of something for his family. You think, man, I don't, I don't fall for that stuff. But the still small boy says, I want you to give it to him. You see what I'm saying? God wants to talk to us, and we have to choose whether to hear him or not. Amen. Do better preaching than you are shouting. Amen. And so I want you to look at John chapter 14, verse 26. And we're going to take it up a level. Now we're going to get past the fifth grade. Let's get up, let's get up to the junior high. How's that? Okay, so we, we just took care of the kindergartners, right? <laughs> Elementary school. Now, now, we'll, now we'll come up to some of the big boys and big girls. John chapter 14, verse 26. Now we get into talking about the Holy Spirit some. Jesus said this, But the Comforter... And that word comforter comes a Greek word that means one called alongside to help. One called alongside to help. Which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name. Everything that God's going to do in your life is going to be in the name of Jesus. He said he'll send the Holy Ghost in his name. Now look at this. He shall teach you all things and bring all things to remembrance that you ever saw on Facebook. And bring, bring to your remembrance every, every tweet you ever saw on Twitter. Bible doesn't say that. It says, everything whatsoever I've said unto you. It says that the Holy Spirit will teach you. And he'll bring to your remembrance, because you remember Bible verses, in your time of need. The Holy Spirit said he'll bring to your remembrance everything Jesus said to you. And, you know, when I was a baby Christian, and I knew basically zero Bible, God had to show me everything and do everything because I knew nothing. But as I began to grow, for Him to bring to my remembrance, had to be something I'd already learned. If God's supernaturally given you a Bible verse that you've never seen, He's not bringing that to your remembrance. He's just blessing you. But after you've been in school for a while, by the time you get to junior high, I shouldn't have to say, junior, I'm going to teach you how 2 plus 2 is. I say, 
Well, Pastor, I'm in the seventh grade. I learned two plus two already. Well, good. I'm just reminding you then. It's still four. <laughs> Amen. But then if I get if I get my little granddaughter Ellie sitting in the front row up here, I say, Ellie, I want to teach you some things now. Now I want to show you. If we got two Barbies, and we got two more Barbies, how many Barbies do we have? We got four Barbies, Grandpa. Well, now she knows I'm starting to teach her some things like that. And so as Christians, Jesus said that the Holy Spirit will teach us. Let me ask you a question. If you're in a math class, what do you think the textbooks are called? Math book. If you're in a history class, what do you think the history book would be called? History book. Chemistry. Chemistry. So in other words, the teacher would teach out of the book what the class is about. If you're at a church, what do you think the textbook would be called? Bible. And so, what, what, if, if, if you're studying at home with the Holy Spirit, what's the main textbook the Holy Spirit's going to teach from? The Bible. And so, He can only teach you if you're in the right book. And so, when you're reading the book that He's teaching from, you'll start learning some things. And what I'm so grateful I learned about how personal my Jesus is, when I was a new Christian back in 1980, and I saw this verse that the Holy Spirit would teach me, and then remind me what He taught me, you know what I would do every day? I mean, I don't have to do this now because I know a whole lot of the Bible now. I mean, I've got a lot in me. But every day, I would get up early, and I would say this. I'd say, Holy Ghost, sir, what classroom are we in today? And then he would lead me to different books, different passages, because I was hungry. I was ignorant. I knew nothing. I was already an adult man. I was 28 and a half years old when I got born again. But I was totally ignorant of Bible things. And so the Holy Ghost would take me through a season. He'd teach me about healing. Some days the classroom was on marriage, how to be a good husband. Some days the classroom was on uh Child training, how to be a good dad to my children. Some days it was on employer-employee relationships, how to be a good truck driver submitted to my bosses on the trucking job. Sometimes it was customer relations, how to get along with customers even when they're not being nice to you, <clears throat> et cetera, et cetera. And so the Holy Ghost, if he's my teacher, I want to be in the room he's teaching in today. And so I would pray those things he would teach me. And then when I was out on the road, I was out in the city where the rubber met the road, with circumstances arose, you know what I would do? I'd say, Holy Ghost, have I got anything in there on that? He'd bring to my remembrance verses he gave me how to handle it. I've been in a tough situation, a people situation, a money situation, or have a car maybe have a trouble situation. And when I'm just faced with a dilemma, I'd always say the same thing. Holy Ghost, is there anything in there on that? And then it'd come out of me. I'd say, wow, I know what to do because he'd bring that to my remembrance what to do. And so I want to point this out again. Jesus said, He'll bring your members all things He's ever sent unto you. And so number one, that's the Scriptures, you know. Then number two, maybe God has specifically, through somebody ministering, prophesied to you something that you know is God. Or maybe God has given you something in your heart. You know God told me that's going to be my job. God told me this is going to come to pass. I'm going to get blessed in this area right here. Well, he brought that to your members. So sometimes when he tells you things about your life, and you maybe wrote them down in a journal or something, 
Or you just got them stored in your heart because it's that real to you? It may be a period of time. And the Holy Ghost is going to remind you, no, I told you this is what I'm going to do for you. Say, oh, thank you, Jesus. And you just water it with praise. You just thank Him and praise Him. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I know I'm not stuck in this neighborhood for area, forever. Thank you, Jesus. I know I'm not going to be here forever. Lord, I know you've got a better house for me. Oh, Lord, I know you've got a better neighborhood for me. Lord, oh, thank you, Jesus. I know I'm not stuck here forever. You see what I'm saying? He breaks, remembers things He said to you. But I'll say it again. You have to position yourself. You have to have some times of getting quiet. Sometimes they're getting away from the hustle bustle of life and give him a chance to talk. And so uh, the voice of Jesus talking to you is the word of God and that still small voice on the inside. If you look at John chapter 16, verse 13. I don't know about you, but I love having Jesus talk to me. Amen. Anybody else like Jesus talking to him? Amen. How many, how many know his voice? Well, you're his sheep. Uh, Pastor Dave, we're going to have a super altar call today. We had five people raise their hands. <laughs> okay. How many here are Jesus' sheep? How many know that Jesus talks to you because he said he does? Amen. John chapter 16, verse 13. How be it when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself. Whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. He will show you things to come. And so the Holy Ghost will lead you to the truth of the Word and situations you face in everyday life decisions. In everyday life decisions, He'll show you what to do. He'll show you things to come. And so if you're a born-again child of God that prays and reads your Bible regularly, Jesus talks to you regularly. Just do what His Word says to do, and He'll do what He said He'll do. Amen? Look at Romans chapter 8, verse 14 through 16. Kind of going through this now so I'll be able to get this thing done this week. But I've shown you some good verses here that's going to help you to win in life. And, and if you're listening on the inside of your heart and you're looking at these Bible verses, you're going to leave here today with a whole lot more confidence that you could hear the voice of God what you're facing today. Romans chapter 8, verse 14 through 16. says this, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. That means a mature believer. Son of God, daughter of God. The word there in the Greek means mature one. You're mature when you start letting the Spirit of God lead you. And then he says, For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you've received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. And so the Spirit itself or himself bears witness with our spirit, that we are the children of God. Bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. If you train yourself to obey the voice of the word, you'll always know by the inward witness, by the inward witness that's in your spirit, what to do in all the affairs of life. And so what he said there is this. When you got born again, did you get born again because your head knew it or your heart knew it? Your heart knew it. Because that's your spirit. So he bears witness with your spirit that I'm a child of God. You know, I don't know about you. Me, after all these years, sometimes I still don't feel real saved. Because that's my feelings. But in my heart, I know that I know that I know that I know. 
I'm a born-again child of God by the witness of my spirit. So there's things in your life when you're making decisions about life, like I know at one point in time, uh, man, I've been out of a job for a while, but I was a truck driver years ago, and all of a sudden I got three different offers. And I've got to know in my heart, wow, Lord, you know what's going on here. All of a sudden I got three choices. God always lets us have choices. Well, back in those days, back when Teamsters got deregulated back in the late 1970s, early 1980s, companies were going out dropping like flies. And so you might get hard at one company, and they may have been around for 50 years. I have a few different companies been around for a long time, and all of a sudden they're not here next year. So you're out there again looking for a job. And so I had to know in my heart by the witness of the Spirit, Lord, which one of these choices am I going to make? And, you know, today with all the health care plans and things, lots of things going on, there's things in life that you have to know in your heart, Lord, you know, is this going to be here next year? Are they going to double the rates next month? What's going on, Lord? Which choice do I make? You've got to know these things. And so that's what he said right here, that, that by the inward witness, it bears witness of our spirit, not our heads. Our heads can reason out things, try to figure things, but the world is so questionable right now that you never know from one day to the next what company is going to be here, what people going to be faithful to you, what's going to go on. But the Holy Spirit in your heart lets you know, go this way, and let me tell you a clue about that. Don't make every decision you base based upon money. If you make all your decisions on money, you're going by what you see. The Holy Ghost is going by what He knows. And you need to go with that. I'm going to close with one more verse here. 1 John chapter 3, verse 21. And we're talking about, hear the voice of Jesus. Knowing the Holy Spirit, being led by the Holy Spirit. 1 John 3, 21 says this, Beloved, if our heart condemns us not, that means if you've got peace in your heart, then have we confidence toward God. If our heart, your head will fight you, the devil will lie to you, but your heart is where you've got to listen at. So when you obey the voice of the Word, you're obeying the voice of Jesus. When you live your life and obey what the Word of God you know says to do, you can have confidence in God because you know that's the voice of Jesus in your heart talking to you. No matter what's going on around you, you can always have confidence if you listen to your heart. Listen to your heart. And I'm talking about you're living for God every day. And you're not out there just playing stupid stuff with the world one day in and one day out. You're living for God. You're, you go to church. You pray. You read your Bible. If you do wrong, you immediately stop and say, Lord, forgive me. Help. I don't want to do that anymore. And go right. Then it says you can have confidence. And I'll tell you what. There's no, there's no greater strength in life than having confidence when you're looking up to heaven that everything's okay, okay for you and God. Amen. That's what counts. Well, let's stand up. Amen. Did I preach you to sleep or are you still awake? Amen. Well, let's give the Lord a cheer. Amen. Amen. I was thinking about what Pastor Dave was talking about a while ago, those cards for uh, Easter Resurrection Day. Like he said, that's the easiest time of the year to get people to come to church.
And we want people to come to church because we want people to hear about Jesus. Amen? That's what we want. And we got some of the best bait in the whole world. Jesus said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Some of the best bait there is is little children doing plays and singing and doing things like that. And so whoever the hardest sinner is, you know, or somebody says they're the biggest atheist or whatever, or if they're wavering between being a Christian, thinking about Muslims and all, whatever they're fighting about in life, tell them, come here and hear my, see my grandchildren in this play. Come and see our children in this play. Come and see your grandchild. Come and see your niece. Come and see your nephew. Come and see these little children in this play. You get them in here in this atmosphere, and people are going to have a chance to know your Jesus. Amen. So I just want to throw that out there. Get those cards and make sure you invite people. And as we're closing out, I think most of you pretty much know the format, what we do. If you need something from God, we got people up here that are anointed. We can pray with you in agreement, lay hands on you to reach anointing for healing if you need healing, whatever you need. But the number one need that we want nobody to leave without having this need met is, do you know in your heart for a certainty that if something happened to you today where you left this earth where you'd go? That's the number one thing. Do you know for sure and have confidence in your heart that everything that the pastor talked about today about heaven, about eternity, about hell, about these spiritual things. If you've got any doubts that there's a real possibility, you're not born again of Jesus right now. And you know, I, I, I learned something years ago. The best question I know to ask to see, help you determine this, if you cannot remember a time where you've said some kind of a prayer such as this, Jesus, I believe you're God's son. You died for my sins. Jesus, I need you in my heart. Forgive me, Jesus. And, you know, it's not a religious prayer. It's a heart prayer. Whatever your words were, if you cannot consciously remember a time you've said that, then I'd say there's a real possibility you're not right with God right now. If you're not right with God, that means you don't get to go to heaven if something happens to you. So we want everybody that's in our influence to be able to make that right decision to go to heaven. And it may be that you said that prayer years ago, maybe. But you walked away from God. You started doing your own thing again. You started being what the Bible calls a prodigal. That means you went back and lived like the pigs. And you don't want to live there, boy. You shouldn't bat like a sheep but live like a pig. And so if you've walked away from God and you've got doubts right now about your salvation that come up here, let one of us pray with you and get you hooked up with God again because God wants you to go to heaven when you die. And so that's the number one and number two things that you need to get right there. Make sure you're right there. Anything else you need, we want to pray for you because I'll tell you what, our God can move mountains. No diagnosis, whether it's a medical diagnosis, a financial diagnosis, or a marriage diagnosis, or a child in trouble diagnosis, no matter what's going on in life, our God does miracles. And so if you need anything, what you can do, we want to pray with you and help you. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.